Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Hi guys, this is another episode of the Breakthrough Breakdown, and we are filling in without Pastor Jason today. Woo! When the cat's away, the mice will play. (laughs) But he had to step out for a little while, so we're filling in, and it's going to be great. And we are covering Galatians 4, but let's introduce ourselves. My name is Kate. I'm John. I'm Jennifer. I'm Sean. Yeah, welcome back. So if you've been listening to us before, you probably recognize us. If not, this is your first time. Welcome. We're so glad that you're following us along with this. And we covered Galatians 4, the verses 21 through 31. And Pastor Jason had, I think, an excellent message. And I remember when we were doing our sermon read-through, he was coming off of, you know, this kind of brain fog from COVID and really struggling, not struggling with this text, but it's a heavy text. It's kind of a heady text where it's, it says a lot and it's hard to unpack and it can come off harsh. And we had that conversation in the the sermon read through where it's like truth and love doesn't have to be harsh, but sometimes it's hard. And it was a hard text to really unpack. And I think he just nailed it. It was, I thought it was really well done. So we're going to break it down. And we're, we're talking about that we've been entrusted with the gospel and with others in our care. What we believe about Jesus, grace, faith, and salvation really doesn't matter. It's really does the matter. La- does matter. Oh. Sorry, really does matter. I said that wrong. Sorry. What we believe about Jesus, grace, faith, and salvation really does matter. And we, um, what did you guys think when we did that whole first section of his sermon and he gave his example of this? mountain hike with these kids, these youth kids and Pastor Jason, and he had to be the Debbie Downer. I really like viewing Jason in that. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) This really happens. This is a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was the, you know, like the examples just of like, no, we can't do this. No, no, don't. That's dangerous. We can't do that. You know, like raining, raining in. It's like, oh, you're killing the mood. You're just killing the mood. I'm like, it's still, nobody likes being that. I really love the connection of that. Like we have been entrusted with this gospel in a very similar way that a youth pastor is entrusted with these rowdy boys, like all boy, teenage boys in the woods with mm-hmm. like a not super mature youth leader with you. That's like trying to just be fun. And you have to kind of yeah. be that hard truth and love sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think what was really interesting about Jason in particular is... He like like he loves ideas and loves adventures and loves saying yes to things and like let's go all like all the time, and so imagine that kind of personality having to say no, having to yeah. wrangle in, having to have boundaries <laughs> when that's that's what he likes to do. Yeah, like, that just shows you the intensity of how horrible it was. <laughs> for, and I think that's and also just to the to the health of Jason too, because sometimes you do have to say no. This isn't. The best thing, yeah. even even mm. if it's like the fun thing or or the the glittery thing, it's not yeah. the best thing. Yeah. There's a lot of talk right now with like gentle parenting and, and and changing the way that we parent children. And there was, we went from this culture season of parenting where it was a lot of helicopter parenting, where like you're hovering over your child, 
And we're really trying to get away from that. Experts are saying that you shouldn't intervene with a child that is doing dangerous things safely. Yeah, yeah. yeah carefully. If, you, if they are careful, that's how they learn their world. But there, we were talking about in the sermon read-through that there's a difference between that and doing dangerous things dangerously. <laughs> that's when you need to intervene. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You are literally I, entrusted with that. Yeah, I actually, actually like sitting here right now thinking about it, That's like that story. But then I was like... I was like, I kind of get the teenage boys aspect. Yeah. And because, like, there's just sometimes you just do want to take risks. But then I thought about, I was like, I was like, man, what do we do to sometimes to the believers who are on fire for yeah. Christ? And they are. Them in. And, like, and like, and then we're like, oh, no, you can't do that. And we douse water on them. Right. But like even because even if you're not, even if they're you know, in the gospel dangerously, carefully. Yeah. But like we're like no, nah, and we just throw water in your right. face. Right, if they're being safe about it, <laughs> yeah, in- and we come in with our religious spirit and say you're doing this dangerously, yes. I won't, I can't allow it, and we become that judge of it. I totally yeah. agree. Where yeah. Jason, Pastor Jason, was dousing this fire that was being done dangerously in a dangerous way. There was no safety about it. Where it's like <laughs> there is still that. Um, that leading, that shepherding yeah. that we are entrusted as as disciplers. Yeah. Well, and the whole correlation was to Paul. Yes. And yeah. Paul, you know, I really do think he had this mentality of like, I don't want to have to be saying these things. Yeah. But it actually is leading you to a completely different direction. It is not safe for you to go where you're right. going. And it's yeah. going to cause not just harm to you, but if this forest fire breaks out, kids. Oh, my gosh. We got problems. We've got serious problems. How many lives will we harm doing this? And that's what Paul is trying to prevent. Yeah. Yeah. I loved this uh, example. There's like the two sides of it where both from Jason's story and uh, like a parenting aspect and also from uh, like a new believer kind of perspective Mm -hmm. is that you don't want to be dousing fires (laughs) all the time. Yeah. You know, because – you know, we want we want people to be passionate about following Jesus. And if they have something that's a, maybe a little unorthodox or maybe it's a little new and different, we don't want to just be like, no, and splash water on it. <laughs> we don't do but, that here at Zion. Yeah, but we don't. But Spread also we don't. Face. Yeah, yeah. Just we, we've got a hose. Don't make me use it. We don't we don't also want to be like not saying anything. Just be like, yeah, everything's cool. No worries. Do it. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, because then too lazy. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There is a fine line with that too, right? Yeah. Mm. And I think that what Paul is trying to help prevent, and we talked about it throughout this, the sermon, Pastor Jason did a really good job. I think there was this kind of overarching theme of when um, we have our human intervention When we try to take control, we only have human results. And often they're dangerous. They're not done carefully under the guidance, control, and sovereignty of what God and his will for us and his people is. Um, And we were kind of talking about that when it came to the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, where Abraham took control. And I really loved that, that whole connection when he when Paul and how Jason brought broke that down and was talking to us because that's that's really heavy he said a lot you know and we go um what do you guys think about that beginning part when we're talking about why did it matter to bring this up why did Paul bring up Abraham as the example Mm. I I think um just this idea of like controlling our own lives and leading where we think we need to go and it's and being our own savior like that Mm -hmm. is a very real danger and it's something that 
you know, I can tell you in my own life, like, I have to check my heart so regularly of, like, is this of the Lord or is this of Jennifer Colby? Amen. Oh, man. And it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, okay. And, you know, and the thing about the Lord is that he is not – he, he's got lots of time on his hands. Like time is not the same as time for me. And so right. for him, for, you know, even if it's like, no, this is the Lord, but Jennifer Colby shouldn't step in to make it happen. Right. And I think that is so difficult. And I, we see that with Abraham. We see where it's like, well, God, God promised this. So here I'll help. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like in his own, like mm-hmm. even good intent intended, even though I think what he did was not approved by God, but even yeah. in his good, maybe potentially good intended thing, he has now made himself Lord of his own life. Right. He's trying to fulfill this promise. The promise is good. The promise is good. He believes the promise. I believe it. I'm going to make it happen. So gonna, you want me to do this, right? Because yeah. you told me the end mm-hmm. and I'm going to fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah. And he's not just letting it happen and trusting and waiting on that. And, you know, and I have a question. Do you guys, do you guys think this is just like hypothetical? Thought, thought question where if Sarah wouldn't have been suggesting it, do you think if Abraham would have waited? Yes. Do you think so? Mm. Yes. Explain. Tell me more. You That was such a hard, easy yes. I have to know. I, I've, when, every time I read that story, I think that I think I think Abraham respected Sarah so much. And that the fact that um, I think I, I think he I think going back to even like thinking of my own life of things that I might have put ahead of God. I think sometimes Abraham put his wife ahead of God. Yeah. Does that make Does that make sense? Because like because yeah. because because like and maybe and maybe he could have. Maybe we don't really see this in text. Maybe he did. Maybe he did like fight back a little bit. But yeah. it, but it, but it's but if I'm but if I'm going off the text of like he kind of just like went with what she said. Yeah. Yeah so easily i'm just like well it looks like yeah abraham was faithful to god but he also he looked like he worshiped sarah because like, okay i'm gonna do this thing because right. this is what you wanted and like but mm-hmm. i just have the i just have the feeling if he just listened to that voice of the spirit yeah. that he because that he probably would have waited because like he because like that wasn't his idea it was just something that she, that she brought and he went him. along with it i think sometimes we see that where it, not just in men and women relationships, but often we do, but like even in leadership where you're placed in this position where Abraham was the leader, the man, his the the husband. The had been given to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And the promise had been given to him and he didn't have the answers. And so when she's coming to yeah. him in this problem to be solved and she's got an answer, okay, well, I don't have an answer. Yeah, I guess we'll do that and instead I've, of seeking God, seeking God and just waiting. Yeah. And yeah. I think and that's the thing. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, John. No, I was saying, and I've been waiting 10 years. 10 years, that's right. more. <laughs> it wasn't like, Maybe you are it wasn't like I got the promise and then tomorrow we come up with this plan yep. to have sex with Hagar. Like, right. Yeah. You have to put a warning on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Every time this I say things. This is a sexual things. content warning to, uh, <laughs> given to you by Jennifer Covey and the Zion Podcast staff. <laughs> but yeah. to that point, yep. like, that's the thing. I, I mean, Actually, something, I don't even know if this is, like, the intent of the text, but one thing I took out of it as a wife was really this idea of, like, I can't pressure my husband to follow the Lord. Like, his following the Lord has to be between him and the Lord. Like, when I insert my foot in, it's probably a bad time to do it. Right. Like, I mean, I can just imagine, I can just imagine Sarah being, like, almost this, this nagging wife pressure of, like, 
God said it was going to happen. It still hasn't happened. God said right. it was going to happen. It still hasn't happened. Mm. Abraham, it's not going to happen. I'm yeah. 130 yeah. years old. Like, I'm not having a baby. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how old she was. But she was past having childbirth, being able to have, you know. And so it's like one of those things where it's like that, almost that constant pressuring, yes. too, where it's like if Sarah had sat still yeah. and waited, and she had been waiting, and she yeah. had cultural pressure on her as well. Absolutely. If we remember the context yeah. of a woman in that time, her worth as well, a wife yeah. Woman, yeah. and a woman was mm-hmm. being able to bear a child. child. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so she had no worth. Yeah. Hey, mister, let's make this happen. Right. Yeah. And just thinking, I was just thinking about like, because Abraham, Abraham was faithful to God. It also means he was probably faithful to the law. And so he was like, I got to honor my wife. And like, so I'm just like, so I don't even, like, so, so like, that's why I'm like, kind of like, I would push back on the maybe if she, even if she wasn't nagging, yes. he probably was like, I got to honor my wife. Yeah. yeah. I got to listen to her because it has been 10 years. I haven't yeah. heard anything from God. Or, yeah. He's, he's just like sitting there. Maybe, you know, he's sitting there waiting and being like, that's still not happening. Yeah. It's still not happening. And this is the first, maybe it wasn't the first idea, but it's just the first idea. He goes, I okay. guess we can try that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? And, and Let's then, take it. And, and, then, and then add on, like mm-hmm. you were saying, if she was nagging and like and pressuring, pressuring and in the culture yes. of it, and just like Abram's like, okay, look, okay. And here, Fine. and here's the yeah. other thing too. Like I, I want to be very careful how I say this, but I think I'm, I'm gonna start with motherhood. Motherhood can be an idol in people's life. I think mm-hmm. infertility Absolutely. can be an idol in people's lives. Mm. And it's so it's one of those things where it's like, man, when you've been, I mean, just imagine the heartache yeah. Yeah. of waiting 10 years for a child. They've been waiting longer than that, but they've had 10 years since they've knowing the promise, knowing the promise. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, to get yourself flipped around so that God is still yeah. God, that you are still worshiping him first and that out of that you are a mom or out yeah. of that you are. You know, and so anyway, I think that's a real danger even today. Yes. I think that's the whole point that um, we can take from this is how easy it is to see how Abraham and Sarah took it into their own hands, took matters into their own hands, that they know the promise and they're going to, they're, how easy it is for us to do that in everything, every day, how often we do that. And And God being the faithful God that he is was not only faithful to Abraham and Sarah eventually Mm -hmm. giving them Isaac, Mm -hmm. but even to Hagar who had, and we talked about that. What did you think about that, uh, Jennifer, when we were talking about Hagar and what ended up happening with her? I mean, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the story, Hagar is the um, Sarah's slave woman. And so she basically says, Sarah says to Abraham, here, go and sleep with this woman, have a child with my slave girl. But then what happens, and this is, I mean, if you can, like, predict humanity, this was going to happen. Sarah ends up hating Hagar because Hagar has the thing that she has wanted for all of this time. Yep. And she, now she has, quote, unquote, fulfilled the promise of God. So she's now part of this promise that was supposed to be for Sarah as well, not Hagar. And so she mm. ends up hating Hagar. And, of course, you, like, jealousy Oof. and and um, comparison, yeah, all of that's going to come mm. into it. And manipulation. So she, manipul- I mean, all, and, and even just shame of your own... I mean, and scripture doesn't say this, I don't think, but even just this, like, shame of, like, I got myself into this mess to begin with. Yes. You know? And so, and so Hagar is, she is sent away because uh, Ishmael, the older son who was born from Hagar, starts picking on Isaac at, like, Isaac's birthday party or something like that. And then they, (laughs) they're, they're sent away and God 
sees Hagar and yes. her suffering. Yes. And in that moment, Hagar says to God, I can't, maybe you guys can help me. I can't remember the name, but she gives God a name that has never been given before in scripture. What is it? Anyone know? I think it's El Roy, the, one, the God yeah, who sees El me. God. And sees I, me. Yeah, it's the God who sees me. So Hagar victimized. I mean, she is a yeah. victim. In she this was story. obedient yeah. as She's a, a slave to her master. She, she was a, obedient in yeah. that. She had Ooh. no choice in being sex trafficked. I mean, yes. sex trafficked. Yeah. She had no choice yeah. in being hated for just yes. doing the thing that she had to do. Yeah. Like she was forced to do. She had no force of being sent away with her child. I mean, imagine how heartbreaking that is. And and not just the, the hatred towards yourself, but the hatred towards your child. And so, mm. and yet we see God show up and God and Hagar says to him, you are the God who sees me. And that word seeing there means, if I'm correct in my memory, it means they're not just seeing, it means seeing and doing. It's very similar to the word here. It means you are the God who who yeah. not just sees me, but you are a God who moves. sees and moves and acts on my behalf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love, and now going forward, but still back for us to Paul and Galatia and using this beloved mm. text, their father you know, their mother texts of like who they come from mm. and why they have this royal inheritance. Mm-hmm. And why is Paul using this? Why is he saying this story of when God is mm. choosing to go so counterculturally and even even in his faithfulness and, and um, keeping the promise to Abraham and Sarah, even though that they were disobedient. Even though they were disobedient, yeah. You know, and what is what is Paul trying to say of the Galatians in that? Why is he using that? Well, I, I always, I was thinking about it. You know, I think that Abraham text, it's like, you all know the story of Abraham because mm-hmm. he's speaking to the Jewish believers and then. Yeah, the Judaizers. Yep. And and even the Christians who, had, you know, Christians that had come from this Jewish background. It's like for me, if I think about, if somebody came up and is like, well, you know Spider-Man. I'm like, absolutely, I know Spider-Man. I know he does this, and he he has these enemies, and he's, you know, canonically has been done this. And then they start showing me, like, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm like, I, what is this? Like, I recognize certain things about this, but you're going in a completely different way yeah. than what I thought you would. And and it gets your attention, you know, yeah. and I think that's, he's like, you know, he's Abraham, new life. you know, Abraham. Oh, yeah, we know Abraham. This is what I'm going to, you know, and he goes hard left and he's yeah. like, you, you all are acting as though you're slaves to the law. Yes. You are like Hagar and, you know, you're, you're, it's like, and, t- and taking, what was it? Uh, Mount Sinai was one yes, of them. Where Moses mm-hmm. gave the law. And he's equating it to being a slave. And they're all like, this is the fighting hey, words. What are you doing? Saying? Yeah. yeah. And we, we see that when Pastor Jason starts talking about these four kinds of people, the people that are kind of slave to the law or law obeying and law relying. And mm-hmm. he, he equates these to the Pharisees, you know, and they ha- kind of have this hypocritical where they think that they can be law abiding, that they can, they can keep this law, you know. And we see that in the gospel that Jesus is like, wow, you guys, you're missing the mark here. Everyone misses the mark. Even Paul says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You cannot be law abiding. That is not how you earn that salvation. And then he moves on and he talks about the religious spirit, the religious people. 
that are law denying. They say, no, I, or, we can't keep this law. We know that. That's why we're here. But they are law relying. You know, and we talk about that. Um, he had this really great graphic of this quadrant, right? And then we move on, and then there's the, that, that lower quadrant where they're law denying, but they're also not relying on the law. And it's this idea that they're non Christians. Mm-hmm. It's the pagans that the Bible calls it, where it's they make their own rules, they don't have this moral code to be following, they make their own moral code. And what the real goal then? is to be the followers of Jesus, that gospel kind of person where it's law law obeying, but not law relying. We don't rely on the law. We are obedient because of God, not Mm -hmm. to be with God. One of the things Jason said is he said our obedience comes from our relationship with God, not from our... how did he say reliance or reliance on, on it? Yeah. And so our obedience is evidence that we are in relationship with God, but we don't rely on the law because it, the obedience is not from the law. It's because yeah. of the lawgiver, kind of mm-hmm. what you were saying yes. earlier. Yeah. yeah. The, when we see the Pharisees where they love the law more than they love the one who gave the law. Yeah. You know? yeah and and then, they, they feel like that this, if I follow the law, then God will love me. And yeah. Jesus says, no, God loves you, so you so follow, follow the, the law. law. Yeah. And you can I, he see calls it, us yeah. a friend yeah. if you keep my commandments. Like, yeah. yeah. And you can see, like, the, the Pharisees' behavior. We talk about in Zion, like, the identity triangle of who you worship or what you worship will determine your identity mm-hmm. and then how you act. Yes. Um, it's not it's, how you act determines who so you worship no. and what your identity is. Yeah. But the Pharisees, you said it just now, you were like, they worship the law. Yeah. Not God. They worship the law. And and it shows in their behaviors with other people where they're going around people and saying, you can't do that. It says mm-hmm. here in the law that this is illegal on this day. Or you can't heal people on the Sabbath. Or you can't, you know. Even when, you know, when we talk about identity triangle, what the thing we worship dictates our identity, what Mm -hmm. we think. And so, you know, the Pharisees had a very, must have had, they had an unhealthy view of themselves. But think about it. It was either righteous or if you were the type who couldn't follow the law or if you were not. I mean, this wouldn't be the Pharisees, but this would have been the opposite of the Pharisees. It still probably was the Jewish people who relied on the law. Yeah. Couldn't meet the law. Yeah. Then you are. Not I'm, enough. I'm not I'm as worthy. good. I'm not as yeah. good as the Pharisees over and there. Imagine the Pharisees. You know, I think of like Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. You know, once mm-hmm. they start to get this true view of themselves, of the shadow self that truly cannot keep the law, of of um, really truly wanting to seek the Messiah and believe in that and follow that, and how hard that would be because that comes with so much shame. Then, culturally, um, professionally. Yeah spiritually ingrained in them that they are not enough once they start to realize that they can't keep the law and how they would have to keep that in the dark. No wonder they operated like empty tombs because if you looked at it, you'd have to acknowledge everything that you've been brushing aside that, no, I can't keep this law. Could you imagine how hard that would be? It flies in the face of the established, the tradition that they'd built up for so many years. And the, Maybe it started out, I mean, I'm sure it started out great, but now it's just become so rigid and it's like, well, we have to be perfect because yes. mm. God's law says 
you know, right. be, that's what he's calling us to, you know. Now insert modern church. Insert how often we all go in and out of every single one of these kinds. I myself have been there where I've been like, I have to be perfect. Yeah. I have to uphold this and I'm going to hide the things that maybe don't miss, don't make that mark. I'm a Christian. I go to church. Yeah. I have to be, I, I can't have sin still clinging and to I'm gonna my life. And I'm going to hold others to that. Right. Yeah. If I see somebody else struggling with something, I'm going to come down on them, you know, because that, that has no place here. But it's like, that's not, yeah. that's not the heart of Jesus. And that's not mm. the law. It, it's, you know. Paul makes a point to say that it's it's an important thing for sure, but if that's all your focus is, then you're not really a following after Jesus. Right. You're just, yeah, you're stuck. But in, then, yeah, stuck in you the know, law. in modern church again, let's bring it back. What do you guys think of when we're talking about that religiousness then? When it's like, no, I do. I full-heartedly oh, yeah. acknowledge that I am a sinful person and there are sinful people, but Jesus meets me where I'm at and I'm going to show up and I'm going to rely on this without doing anything about it. You know, we had kind of talked mm-hmm. about that where it was like you kind of start allowing things then. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's like, it. yeah, you're not a quote unquote Pharisee where it's like, you know, going around and being like, this is this is this and this is this. But it's you, you just become a little bit apathetic to it and it's like well i'll just show up on a sunday morning and sit here for an hour hour and a half and maybe sing a little bit and say hi to the people that i know and that'll be it and then i'm done i think there's something too about religiousness where it's like oh do you want to go no i gotta i gotta get closer to the mic (laughs) Um, (laughs) i was just thinking about this idea where it's like i love jesus Versus, I follow Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yes, like no, I think that I think there are actually a lot of religious people who love Jesus. Absolutely, sure. but love is not evidence because they're not following Jesus. Yes, yeah, and and that's where we get into the scripture and Jason talks about it where it's like I don't when Jesus is talking about the Judgment Day. I don't know who I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. and so I think it's just this idea of like. Loving Jesus means following him and making him Lord. And we kind of had talked about this of like the Saturday night, like you just go out and do your own thing as if you're not. Yeah, Saturday night pagan, Sunday morning gospel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is what the gospel's for. Amen. But it, the gospel has the power to transform us so yeah. that our yeah. lives look differently. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know what I saw. It's like a like an image or a picture of Um, it was like, a garden, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you've changed a lot. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we shouldn't be okay with just sitting in the same spot and doing the same things over and over again, you know. And why are you doing those why? things anyway? Why are you doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had and, talked about that in that sermon read-through when we were saying um, that when you do these things out of habit, we were calling mm-hmm. that like that religious mm-hmm. spirit where you're just showing up on Sunday morning to check it off your box, that you're uh, you're I'm, doing these rituals. Yep. And we had talked about, we're like, yeah, but there's something to be said of faithfulness too. When yeah. you're yes. like, God, you feel far from me. I'm, I'm going to do this. Read my Bible anyway. Struggles. Yeah. Yes. Well, so like when I think of like the modern church now, and just like, especially as a, as a worship leader. And just um, when you, when I see, 
when I see people come in and then like they are, they're like, well, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna sit, and then they gonna they look at somebody who is like on fire, and then they get, yeah, then, then they like then they just douse them. I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing, Lord? Like you're doing this wrong. You can't say that. Uh, you're not supposed to wear this. You're not supposed to wear that. You gotta wear. It. You gotta look like this. And just like, it's just like you don't even, you don't even know, you don't even know what we're doing right now. You're just yes. here. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you, like you. You're physically here, but you're mentally, emotionally, are like somewhere else. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about that steak that you're gonna overcook anyway. It, it might be a little. Int- I'm maybe for some people who are in that camp of I just show up on a Sunday morning. They they feel that like maybe intimidation of like oh my gosh they are really <laughs> gung ho for this. Yeah. You're doing too much. Yeah. Have you ever had someone say that to you as a woman? Where it's like you're too much. You're too excited. You're too passionate. Where it's like, or even as a friend or as a person, when yeah, somebody says that, we're like, woman, hey, yeah. you're do, do less. God bless, be, do, do less. You know, it's like that feeling. That's that religious feeling, that spirit that squelches your own and, passion. And it's, and it's always, and it's always, it's always Christian to Christian too. Yeah. Always Christian to Christian. When I was, so I went to a, a, a private um, Christian school in Georgia and had one of my closest friends, um, he, and he, me and him were very controversial at the school because we were so because we were so um, passionate for what Jesus was doing and what He wanted us to do. And there was there was there was a time I I would never forget. I was leading. It was me and my friend Nick was uh, playing piano, and the day was uh, up front. And I'm talking about singing. Mm-hmm. Just that's yeah. all he was doing. He was just worshiping. Yeah, and. I didn't, and, and obviously, and like, and I, and I say this, I none of us really noticed that he was singing really loud. Someone in the middle of the worship set starts yelling at him, "You're too loud!" Someone in the I, someone in the congregation, yeah. Oh like, I'm, I'm just like, I like we and we. I had, so obviously, they're like yelling. So I'm like, I'm like on stage. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was like, if you were in, if you were in worship, if you were just, if you were following Jesus, like he, like he is, you wouldn't notice that he's singing loud. Mm -hmm. He's singing loud because he's singing in freedom. Yeah. And it's just like, I was like, that was like, like, so that, that kind of thing that, that like I saw because like me growing up, um, more of in a raw way of just like, when I started being a Christian, I was like, I was like, man. I was like, there's so much, there's so much uh, crime within within the family mm. of things. I know worship isn't a perform like it's sh- it's not about being a performer necessarily. Yeah. But I couldn't help when you were saying that the performer in me was like, I am so mad right now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, do you imagine how beautiful the opposite side of it? Say you are, are uh, you know. One of those Christians that you feel like maybe you're in a funk. Maybe you're listening right now and you're like, man, maybe that's me. Am I? Is that me? Do I show up out of habit? Mm. Am I checking a box? And you have this new Christian beside you or you see someone else that just seems so on fire. Instead of dousing their flame with a religious spirit of like they're, too, they're doing something dangerous safely and you think that, well, it's still dangerous, so I'm going to douse it. Mm. Instead, what if you let it ignite yourself? What if you say, wow, I wish I had that or remember when I had that. And those, the thing about, we were talking about in the sermon read through, the thing about those new Christians or those on fire people is that what if they do start doing dangerous things dangerously? What if they start burning others? 
What if they burn out themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they could have had that Christian you wish you had. Walking mm-hmm. alongside them, discipling them, loving them, learning off of each other, sharpening yeah. each other. Yeah, there's, right? wis- there's wisdom in looking at a situation and going, is this dangerous? Even with a new Christian like who wants to do 15 things and they're like, I, I got I to gotta do this, yeah. I got to do this, I got to do this. Oh my gosh, I got to grow and I got to learn. Yeah. yeah, There's wisdom in being like, hey, let's... Let's, let's channel this flame. Let's, yeah, let's do, but to, to just be like, no, don't do, we don't do it that You're way. You're too loud. You're too much. Yeah, be, be okay. I think in that situation, you can be that voice of reason, so to speak, but then you can also be like, this is different and that's okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. I think there's a, I think there's definitely a both and of like, yeah. I, I, like if God's calling you to do that, I fully support you. I'm mm-hmm. encouraging you. I think you'd be good there. It's not familiar. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. different for me. And like, and then teaching them like, how can we discern and how can you seek and and uh, you know. And I think one of my favorite passages in scripture is when they. T- uh, it's not stated this way, but and I don't maybe First Timothy. I'm not even sure where it's at. I probably should look that up. <laughs> but it's like this idea of like in every situation you're always the younger woman and always the older woman, and that's not. Hmm always age that is also spiritual maturity and i have i jennifer colby have something to learn from someone who's following been following jesus for a lot less time than i have yeah and similarly i need someone who's been following jesus longer than me to also teach me but i think that that's the kind of what you were saying of like how can i take what's happening and pastor derek said in his message a lot two weeks ago last week whatever it was about um (laughs) that there are people in our church who are inviting other people to church and and it convicted him because he hasn't been. And I can yeah. say that that's true in my own life. Absolutely. Like, I love Jesus. I want everyone to know about him. So why aren't I telling more people? Right. And I think, and I, so I think there's this idea where like, you can learn from a new Christian, but you're also supposed to guard them and protect them. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and also, but learn from them. And if they're, if they're going in a way that's not going to cause their faith to collapse, then let them go that way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's just, it's just a little bit more complicated than just do whatever you want or do it only this do way. Do it like yeah. this. Yeah. You yes. know, because both Who sides, <laughs> both sides, both sides are so easy, right? One right. is just, oh, that's not what I know. Don't do that. And the other side is just, I don't care. Do whatever you want. And tying it back now to Paul, can we see and just kind of like have a moment of, oh, Paul, we feel bad for you. Yeah. I can't believe the position that you are in. And no wonder you were saying this so um, fervently, so like uh, vehemently that you are like, guys, it doesn't have to be like this, you know? Yeah. And that that beautiful balance that we're talking about here of like walking alongside, alongside these new Gentile Jew or Gentile Christians Without squelching them with yeah. the Judaizers, how do you how do you say like no? Don't stay this way. You can't remain pagan, my friends. <laughs> but you don't have to be a Jew either, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we go on and we talk about. He continued and said that the law, Paul is saying that the law was never the end result. It's not the goal mm. of this climb, and you know he ties it back to this mountain climb. It was never the mountaintop experience isn't the law. The mountaintop experience isn't this end of your faith that you've somehow now arrived and reached it either, religious spirit. You know, the, what is 
what human effort do you rely on? You know, we were talking about that with the, the, the end of this Galatian series is the top of the mountain. You guys, we did it. We climbed this long series that we've been working on, this hard truth and love that we've been doing. And it was funny, we were saying in the sermon read through, it's like, yeah, but now you got to climb back down. And by the way, there's more mountains to climb. We're not done. You've never arrived, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we kept talking about like, well, when you rely on the law as your goal, now I've finally arrived and I've been able to I'm be perfect. law-abiding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you taking in your human effort, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and Abraham, when you, if the goal was just to fulfill the promise, well, yeah, you've done it. And how did it go? Yeah. What, what were your human results? Yeah. <laughs> you fulfilled the promise. You've got a son. Well done. How did that go? Right. I just like, I like that. like we need a debrief on this. Like, yeah. you know, the plus and minuses. <laughs> uh, this Pros did not go well. This is really. Scrap it for next year, guys. <laughs> All right. My whole life is a whole mess. Wonderful. <laughs> But when we when when we, we we rely on our own efforts, our own abilities, our own denomination, or the government to take control of these things, instead of allowing God and your faith in Him, and we were talking about it too. That by the way, there was things that Abraham and Sarah needed to do to fulfill the promise. Yes, which it I wasn't think is a very important thing to clarify. You can keep talking about it, but I just wanted to, I um. Just because God has not fulfilled what he is wanting to do in your life doesn't mean you have don't have active steps to participate in. Right. And I think that's where I, earlier for me, where it's like, is this the Lord or is this Jennifer Colby? Okay, this is from the Lord. Okay, so then is this step from the Lord or from yes. Jennifer Colby? Yeah. You know, and so I think that's the, that's the thing is like, no, God still does require obedience. Part of us acting out in faith is doing the thing that he's asked us to do. But it's just the the right next step. Yeah. It's not all the steps. No. It's just the thing we're supposed to be doing right now, not the thing we're supposed to be doing f- always, you know. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, if we take, you know, if God's calling us to do something, this big promise like Abraham had, he had he they had to go to Canaan to to part to receive this blessing, right? So he had to get up and go, which is not an easy thing to do, but um he just had to do the the next thing. And then he had to wait. And then yeah. he had to do the next thing and he had to wait. And the problem is, if you do the next thing and it's the wrong thing, well, now you've gotten yourself off course pretty quickly. Right. How easy is it to do too many steps yourself into your own hands and then now you go, oh, oh no. Where are you? Going? Where am and where, where am, am I? I? Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. You know, and we think about like, we see, and Megan had talked about it too earlier when it was like, Sometimes we get in this idea, and maybe that's that religious kind of person still, where you're law-denying but law-relying, that if I just pray like a mm-hmm. vending machine, God will give it to me. And, it, and it's not this active participation that Jesus calls us into, that obedience that, causes, that he calls us into. Um, you know, we see it throughout the Bible where, like, even Esther, where it was God's providence dictating her steps, but... God's name she is did, not mentioned. Yeah, yeah, she didn't do nothing. She didn't do nothing. She yeah. she had to be very active in her faith in in what <laughs> God's will was for the entire situation. Um, mm-hmm. I know if you have not read Esther, so good. It's read the whole Megillah. It needs to be a movie. Maybe there Honestly. is a movie. There is one there that's is. an older one. 
but there needs to be a modern redactable. Well, like, no, there is a semi-modern one. It's Veggie Tales. I know. I was thinking Veggie Tales. <laughs> I, I, I have feelings about Veggie Tales. I just, I just modern, finished up but... Esther today, and yeah, you want to talk about the providence of God and the sovereignty of God? Like, whew, man. Yeah, I think I sometimes you know God is calling some of us in the situations that we're in, in the place that we're in. He's calling us to wait yes. and wait on Him. And, and for others, it's I. Here's where I'm. Here's where I'm leading you next. Yeah. This is the next thing, and we're content to just wait. Like, yes. is that really the next thing? Ah, I'll wait for a little bit longer. And we we think that waiting is passive. Yeah. Yes. No, it's not. Right. If you are waiting upon the Lord and you are waiting for that next direction or the next guidance, that is actively participating right. with the Lord. Like that is not a that is not a lazy passive thing to do. It's that. hard. It's sometimes. actually the hardest, probably one of the hardest. It's actually I think harder. No, well, not always. Like sometimes depending you, on your personality. And depending too. on what God's asking you to do too. But waiting is just that is an active thing. It is not passive. It is not lazy. No. It's lazy if you're told to go and you don't go. Denying then is when you're you're being passive. Yeah. You're choosing to right. do nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's the passages in Scripture where it's, you know, ask and you will find, seek, and you will Jeremiah discover. Jeremiah 13, when you seek me, you'll find me. Yeah. You'll seek me with your whole heart. Yep. It's our memory verse this <laughs> month for you Z kids out there. <laughs> Knock and the door will be opened. Yeah, it's it, it may not be clear if you're in that season where, God is saying, just wait, just wait. There are still things that you can be doing to seek him. You know, it may not, you may still be in a position where, you know, I'm, I'm here for the conceivable future, but I can, I can continue to pray. I can continue to meet with people in the family of God, new Christians or quote unquote veteran Christians, you know. I think it's important to point out, and we were talking about it earlier, where how how easily relatable Abraham and Sarah are in this, where it's like the weight, W E I G H T mm-hmm. of waiting mm-hmm. is heavy. It's yep. hard. And we want to acknowledge that. Like if you guys are listening and you're like, yeah, but waiting's hard, God. I'm like, we get it. Really no, I get it. I remember John Hopple and I just recently got married and when he we had so many conversations leading up to his proposal of like, are we going to get married? Is this what we want? Yep, it is. Okay, let's go look at a ring. Okay, we got the ring. Okay, when's it going to happen? And it literally was not that long, guys. <laughs> and I was such a big baby about it. Like, I think we were engaged for four months. Yeah. And before that, we had dated for a year and a half, maybe a year. A little over, but uh, to me, yeah, it felt like an eternity yeah. because I knew I knew what God had for us, and I knew the end. I knew the promise was that the ring was coming. I literally went and looked at it and picked it out myself. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> and I kept being like trying to intervene and force this mm-hmm. timing yeah. myself. And I'm poor John. You know, he's so patient. He was like, "Yeah, good luck trying to make me move." <laughs> like, <laughs> Enneagram nines out there. I got a, I got a plan. It's set in stone. <laughs> yeah, wait for it. You know how easy that is. And when we, um, that feeling of waiting and that feeling of religion that you have of like, if you don't do it the right way can keep you from one, choosing God's way and remaining to actively wait or two, keep you from sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. 
because there's that repercussion of people out there that are going to say, you did it wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And we talked about that a little bit with, like, Le- Zachary Levi on a podcast. You know, if you're not a perfect Christian, can you share the gospel? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? You yeah. want to share the story about him? Yeah, so Zachary Levi is an actor. Um, you just did the for, Kurt Warner Yeah, movie. he just did the Kurt Warner movie. He was Flynn Rider and Shazam and some other movies. Um and he was on a podcast. Um, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I knew it was a, Michael Michael Rabom Rabom. Yeah, Rosenbaum. Something like that. The Inside of You podcast, which is a silly name for a silly podcast, or it's it's supposed to be funny, like a, an awkward humor. That Pastor Jason really enjoys this podcast, and he was listening to it. And um, the Zachary Levi is on there. It's not by any means a Christian podcast that they were doing, you know, and Zachary Levi goes on there and starts talking about his love for Jesus and how much he relies on his faith and how like this, this is what gets me through. But in the midst of being on this podcast, it is not a Christian podcast. It's not a children's podcast. He is dropping F-bombs like left and right. And there was criticism that was given to Zachary Levi that it was not appropriate Christian behavior and that, you know, and some of that, and some of his theology was was not, wrong was as wrong. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't. He he didn't have perfect theology, and he was cursing, and so there wasn't positive Christian feedback for Zachary Levi. It was only criticism. And Pastor Jason was like, "Are you kidding me? He was sharing the name of Jesus, yeah, like to millions. Like he's this this celebrity in celebrity culture that is saying, no, I love Jesus.'" Like, this is what gets me through. Yeah, he didn't do it right. What do you know? An imperfect human doing faith imperfectly. I I was going to say, you know, is it better than he should have never taken a step at all then? Right. Should he have not even said Jesus' name? Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at it going, if you never take a step, imperfect as it may be, slipping off the stepping stone, however many times you do, falling as many times as you do, if you never take a step then you're never going to go anywhere. Like you're never going to be following after Jesus. Yeah, we're, I think that's the trap that the quote unquote religious crowd can fall into where it's like, we are all imperfect and it's good for us to remember that. And it's good for us to be like, I'm going to take this next step. Like you were saying, Jennifer, even though I'm not really sure how it's going to play out, even though I could mess up, even though I don't know everything about everything there is to know about scripture or the law or the gospel or anything, I'm still going to take the next step because that's what following Jesus is about is. And sorry, were you no, finished? I'm good. And I think we give ourselves too much credit. Amen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I said this to you at the last sister. And I'm like, I could sit down and the Holy spirit will still do what the Holy spirit wants to do in this room. Mm-hmm. And then like, we have a part to play because God wants to use us. He doesn't we, need it. We, we give ourselves way too much credit. Yeah. Zachary Levi, good job for sharing the gospel. I'm proud of you for doing that. But also to the rest of the world saying something, he could have not said anything at all, and God was still going to work Amen. through him. And God will still use that even if it is laced with even if it is imperfect theology or... and right. cuss words. Like, could you imagine yeah. if a like well-known celebrity pastor had reached out to him and said, hey, bud, I am so, so proud of you that you job. did this. Yeah. I would love to sit down and 
have coffee with you sometime and talk about it. And he put in the relational equity, got to know Zachary and said, hey, did you know that like actually what you said Same. on there? I'm like, great job bringing up Jesus, but did you know that that's not real? That's not true. Yeah. That this is where the theology actually lies and this is where you find it. And you know, like, oh, how come you curse so much? Like, is that something you're working on? Or like, yeah. and, you know, and like took the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think to that point too, like, I think what makes Christians more relatable, like, I think, see, here's my heart is that I believe that him cussing does affect his witness potentially. I think there are some people that will turn that off and go, yeah, if you don't look different than the rest of the world. Right. What is different about your Jesus then? I think there is something about that. Sure. But I would have loved, and I didn't listen to the podcast, so I please, I, I have no idea, like, if this, maybe this did happen. This is, like, third-hand yes. podcast discussion. <laughs> <laughs> We're gossiping about a, oh, We're not God. gossiping. We're not gossiping. <laughs> no. but anyway, if he had just been, like, oh, sorry for the, sorry for the F-bomb, guys. I am, like, I'm, I've got a mouth on me, and I'm working on it. Yeah. Not, like, I think there, or I'm struggling with that because I think what makes Christians relatable is when we acknowledge our imperfection. Like, I don't have it yeah, all together yet, but I still love Jesus. I'm trying. Because yeah. not too many people do that in the world today. Yeah. Not too it's many people true. are willing to be like, yeah, I messed that one up. I oh, would love yeah. that if more people were like, you know what? I could have done that better. Yeah. And I will do that better, you know? And yeah. That's yeah. a little bit of a sidebar. It but. is. And but to that point, like, should we be dousing his flame? Yeah. No. Like, no. The other side of it is doesn't like you were saying, does a mature Christian need to come along and help him continue to walk? Probably. Absolutely. If he doesn't have that, maybe he already has that. And it's not necessary, you right. know. But we, and we're not meant to do this walk with Jesus alone. We are meant to be in community of Capital C Church, of our specific small community church of our friends and mentors and pastors and small groups, you're meant to walk alongside each other. That's, that's all you need when it's that, like, instead of dousing people, but discipling people, you know, yeah. choosing that's another. That's hard, yeah. And, and to, like, wrap this up, you guys, I think it would be really cool if we went around and said just, like, what do you need to share the gospel? Like, what do you need? Like, mm. like you know what I mean? Like that idea of, I think that's so scary to people. Oh, especially, <laughs> Like, you even see it, okay, Paul, when he is, his sight is renewed, and he immediately goes out and starts sharing the gospel. And the, the apostles and disciples have, are like, okay, come here, Paul, we're going to give yeah. you some training. <laughs> but he immediately goes out and starts sharing the gospel. Yeah. Did he do harm then? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Where it's like, what do you need to know? What do you, to go and say, I was one way before and I'm a completely different way now. And mm -hmm. all that stands in between is Jesus. Like, what do you need to share the gospel? Like, don't be afraid of it just because you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like that, that, that finishing gospel living of what Jesus calls us into, what Paul is calling the Judaizers into. Not just the Gentiles that he's trying to yeah. guard and protect. And keep walking alongside, but the Judaizers that, hey, you don't have to be like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same concept of, uh, there was a question that was similar. It was a question, uh, I was in this um, seminar class, and it was like, it was like if, if, a per if the person only knew one verse in the Bible, 
could he could he still could he still share the gospel? And I said yes, just because you don't you don't have to you don't have because you don't have to know scripture perfectly. Knowledge. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's a heart knowledge of Christ. It's not it's, that's because if you just focus on the head knowledge, then um, then you then you're not going to get that far at all. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, I'm trying to decide if this is true of myself personally or if this is what I think about a lot of Christians. Because in a lot of ways, I have a lot of confidence, but I do think there is this, um, I would say it's a fear of like, will people still love me if they don't love my Jesus? And does that matter? Should it matter? Will their opinions of me affect whether uh, or and or their rejection of Jesus affect whether or not I'm going to tell them. Mm. So I don't know what that is, lack of fear, more confidence, but more, I think, just trusting that it isn't really me in the end. And so, and I carry the Holy Spirit wherever I go. I bring the presence of God wherever I go. And so when I go there, he can be the one to show himself he can yeah. show he can show up and, and reveal himself. Right. But I still need to be obedient in that. That if and I still need to say the name of Jesus. Sometimes I think we think we can just do the actions, which is good. But in the end, they've got to know it's coming from Jesus. Right. So I'm like, wow, that Jennifer Kobe, she's a really good person. She does a lot of nice things. Good for her. And it's like, yeah, but for why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more, there's more. Please, wait. please, please do not end with that. It's, yeah. She's more than just a sham wow. But wait, there's more. There's more. There's more. Thanks, Billy Mays. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think for myself, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me wanting to get things right. Or to, or to let me say it this way. I want to make sure that the things that I say and the impact that I have is it goes well, but that goes, that kind of piggybacks off what you were saying, Jennifer, where it's like, if I share something with somebody, share the gospel with somebody and they maybe don't receive it well, or it doesn't, doesn't really happen. I can get sitting there going, I don't think that was worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, how do I know that this is going to be right? How do I know that, things are going to go well. It's like, I don't know that. Yeah. And they might not. Yeah. How do I know that this next step is going to be quote unquote good? And I'm like, well, it might not be good in the sense that I liked it, <laughs> but that shouldn't, that shouldn't stop me from taking the next step and, and looking for opportunities. I think sometimes I can be yeah. like, close eyes. Yeah. I can be like, all right, I I will punch out my card and I'm done for the day and I don't have to be put looking around. And, yeah, put your, mm -hmm. put my blinders on and just relax. And, you know, there's opportunity after opportunity just around the corner that I'm not seeing um, just because I don't want to see it necessarily. So I think that's that's the thing where it's where I, I, I need to be more Aware. present, mm -hmm. conscious, aware of what's going on and looking for those opportunities because you never know what God's going to do in the little moments yeah. um, or where that next step is going to come from. Um, it's just easy to sink into a ritual. It's easy to sink into, I do church stuff on Sunday mornings and maybe some Wednesday nights and you know a Bible study here and there, but that's it. Outside of that, 
I don't have anything, I don't need to look for anything else, you know. Something you said, um, you said, we don't know if it's gonna be good. I don't know that if I share Jesus with someone that they're gonna accept him right in that moment. Probably they're not. Mm -hmm. Like, but the thing is that doesn't negate it as being good. Right, right. Like we have lost such an eternal view of God's kingdom. Like mm -hmm. we just think in the next five minutes or the next hour, we cannot even fathom eternity. I can't even fathom somebody's life that me sharing the gospel in one moment, even if it's rejected in that moment, which then I is a, deem as bad or yep. wrong, right? Yep. Or uncomfortable, you know, yeah. like, ugh. Yeah, that, that is not somehow the spark in that person's life and that we, that we may not ever get to see. We might not ever get to see that. Yep. Yeah, amen. I, I really love this discussion. If you guys liked it too, listening, please do us a favor and like, follow, share, go on to wherever you listen to this podcast, on the Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever, on the app, we have it on there. It's so great. We really appreciate you guys listening and send us some comments too if you don't like it. And then we've got a garbage can, I mean a comment section. No. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a shredder in the back that we uh, keep all those. Just kidding. Let us know. We really appreciate you guys listening out there. And we really did miss Pastor Jason today and we wish him well with all the things that he's doing. Um, so with that, we will sign off. This was Kate. This is John. Jennifer. Sean. Thanks, guys. We love Bye. you, Bob. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.